Good morning, Journey Church. Welcome. Uh, today, I'm going to read out of Psalm 36, verse 5. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. And you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Praise God. Lord God, we just thank you for your light in our service and your faithfulness. And we worship you today, Lord. We give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. In Jesus' name, bless this time together and bless our worship. May it be a fragrance to your nostrils. Amen. Amen. Let's stand as we worship today. Man, I don't know what happened to you, but when I looked out the window, I says, not again. <laughs> Amen. But it's already nice out there, and we'll try to prepare for this next time. But we want to worship the Lord, for He is so good. Amen. Beautiful one, I adore Beautiful one, 
Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glory. Let's sing that again. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. Our hearts will choose to say. Lord, blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord. going to stop it. <laughs> that was horrible. Amen. <laughs> We're on two different beats. That was nice. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's try that again. A little bit more track there because that's helping us out a lot. garments of praise Jesus forever a song will be you I'm living in freedom I give my burdens away Jesus forever a song will be you only for you for the cross that you bore and the debt that you paid for the victory you've won over death and the grave this is the reason i sing for the hope that you give and the joy that you bring for the promise that heaven is way 
for me. This is the reason I sing. I will not be silent. Now testify of your grace. Jesus forever, my song will be you. For the cross that you bore and the debt that you paid. For the victory you won over death and the grave. This is the reason I sing for the hope that you give and the joy that you bring for the promise that heaven is waiting for me this is the reason I sing you're so good you're so good you're so good to me forever I'll sing so good to me sing that again you're so good you're so good you're so good to me forever and i'll sing you're so good to me for the cross that you bore and the debt that you paid for the victory you won over death and the grave. This is the reason I sing. For the hope that you give and the joy that you bring. For the promise that heaven is waiting for me. This is the reason I sing. For the cross that you bore and the debt that you paid. For the victory you won over death and the grave. This is the reason I sing. For the hope that you give and the joy that you bring. For the promise that heaven is waiting for me. This is the reason I sing. Jesus, the reason I sing. Jesus, the reason I sing. Jesus, the reason I sing.
the God of creation. He knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. Always. Your mercy is mighty, age after age. All generations will bow down and praise. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now, and always. Always. I believe come in the clouds and I believe you are here even now in your presence I know there is power power to save I will tell of your wonders sing of your grace the God of creation he knows me by name the Lord is faithful Yesterday, now, and always, always. Your mercy is mighty, age after age. And all generations will bow down and praise. The Lord is faithful. Yesterday, now, and always, always. You your grace the God of creation he knows me by name the Lord is faithful yesterday now and always always your mercy is mighty age after age all generations bow down and praise the Lord is faithful yesterday now and always
just believe the Lord would want to speak to some here this morning. Lord, you would say that I have loved you with an everlasting love. I love you. And nothing can separate you from my love. Return to me. I believe the Lord would say, return to me. Return to me your first love. Cast your burdens, your cares. I have removed your sin from you as far as the east is from the west. I choose to no longer remember your sin nor hold it against you. Thank you, God. God, I pray that we would hear and receive that word this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you can and need to receive that word, just say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just before you're seated, we're not going to, we'll, we'll greet in a minute, but before we're, we're done here, we're just going to sit here for a second. Just pray for the person to your right to your left, in front of you, behind you. Just pray for them. Just pray whatever the Lord brings to mind. If you don't know how to pray, pray in the Spirit. Just pray blessings and the fullness of God. If you're over on one side of the church, pray for the other side of the church. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. I pray for James. God, that you would bless him and meet him, touch him. Spirit, Lord God. Hallelujah. Give his heart's desire. Lead him into paths of righteousness. Hallelujah, Lord. Blessings, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray for those not here this morning. We pray for Robin Rogers in the hospital, for Greg Musser in the hospital. Lord, that you would heal their bodies. Bless them, God. Bring answers, bring healing, bring, bring that shalom, that fullness, that wholeness, that peace to them. Father, for the those that we don't know how to pray for exactly, that aren't here, we just pray your blessing, your spirit upon them, Father continued healing for Mike Gray. Father, this morning we thank you and we, we pray, God, for Tom, for TC, joining us for the first time in months. We thank you that you've raised his body and that you've kept him safe and, and well and that he's on the road to healing. Just pray a blessing upon Tom this morning. We thank you that he's back in fellowship. And Father, bless all of us this morning, Lord. 
with your presence. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Now go and greet someone, love them in Jesus' name. Good morning. Oh, here I am. How's everybody doing this morning? You good? You good? <laughs> All right. Well, I have a couple announcements for you guys. One is... um. I know Pastor Robin, his prayer, thank you for my mom, said that she was in the hospital, but she came home Friday, praise the Lord. So um, there's, sorry. Um, so she's home. She's probably watching right now. Hi, Mom. Um, but just pray for continued healing for her. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, as far as the announcements go, we have Easter coming up in like three weeks. That's so crazy. Um, and so... <laughs> For Easter, um, just so you guys know, we're going to do things a little bit differently. So we're going to have breakfast that morning, starting between like 8.30, 8.45. Um, we were going to say 8.45 and realize the banners that we have say 8.30. So if you want to make sure to get food, you want to get here at eight, like 8.30 or earlier even. Um, <laughs> and speaking of food, how we're going to get food, you ask? Well, let me tell you. We have a sign-up sheet. <laughs> so um, we're looking for things like quiche, fresh fruit, orange juice, bagels, cream cheese, cinnamon rolls, yogurt. So if you have a heart and want to help serve by bringing food or making something, definitely sign up on here. We're going to um, have it, if you can, try and snake it through like a, like a full-on snake all the way this way and then all the way back. I know it gets a little confusing. So, Ken, would you like to do the honors and take... Take it first. <laughs> we're also going to have um, invitations, I believe, next week. We're going to be passing out invitations for you to take so that you can purposefully hand those out to friends or family members that you feel like the Lord is leading you to connect with and so that you can invite them to Easter service. Um, it's a great time to get people kick-started back into the Word of God, back into fellowship with other believers. And so um, definitely want you to take advantage of those invitations once we have those next week. And I believe that's it. We're going to have, oh, I think over 500 Easter eggs that we're doing for the little ones, if even more than that maybe. So if you want to get chocolate and candy for Easter, make sure you come and you can take some of their eggs. <laughs> Speaking.
speaking of taking things from your children, I wanted to talk about tithing and how that connects, you may ask. Let me tell you. <laughs> how many of you have ever bought your kids or somebody a thing of French fries and then you decide that you're going to take a few of them? Have you ever done that? And then your kids are like, hey, those are my fries. <laughs> and you're like, mm, excuse me, I actually purchased those fries for you, so you wouldn't even have them if it wasn't for me. So I can take my 10% of, <laughs> of the fry tax, no, <laughs> fry tithe. <laughs> and I just thought that was such a great picture of like everything that we have, God has given to us, right? It's all his, it all belongs to him. But God sometimes wants to take, not sometimes, he wants to take some fries back. He wants to utilize some of that money to be used here in the church and different ministries here at the Journey Church or whether it's the missionaries that we have. And so I just thought it was kind of a good visual of like, you know, God's giving us stuff and we just want to give back what he's already given to us, whether it's a fry. Well, actually, please don't put fries in the tithe bags. That would be weird. Um, <laughs> we are asking for your 10%. But. So take, take that what you will. <laughs> um, well, let's go ahead and pray for our tithes and our offerings now. Well, Lord, we thank you so much, God, that you give above and beyond what we ever need or want. And Lord, we thank you for the many blessings that we have here, especially at the Journey Church. God, we, um, we want to give back to you, and we want to have a heart that wants to be joyful and give back to you because we know that it's going to further your kingdom. God, we thank you for the opportunity just to be your hands and feet and to share about what you did for us, Lord. So I pray that as we give into our tithes, Lord, we would give with a, with a giving heart, God, a, a joyful heart, Lord. And um, yeah, we just thank you so much for all that you bless us with. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So last week we talked about some of the spiritual gifts that are in the Bible. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that this week. So what are some of the spiritual gifts that you have? Bible journaling? No. Bible verse tattoos. That's actually misspelled. Ultimate prayer warrior! Hmm. Freestyle rapping. Impressive. Taking selfies. No. Snapchat filters. No. Facebook stocking. No. Life coaching. Uh -uh. Multi-level marketing. Yay! Fantasy football. That's just gambling. Scratch-offs, baby. Also gambling. Minecraft. I don't even know what that is. Balloon animals. What is that supposed to be? Hot dog. Netflix binging. I do that too. But no. I speak all five love languages. Lady in red. Competitive eating. We call that gluttony, actually. I've read the entire Bible in a year. Wow. Even Leviticus? Lahu? I think we've missed something because these aren't spiritual gifts like at all. Exhortation? I didn't know you worked out. What gym?
but we can we can be silly a little bit. But I think it does it does show a little bit. Uh, do we know what spiritual gifts are? And I think there is sometimes some misunderstanding. So we're going to continue our journey in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Amen. Look at that. More and more people show up as the time goes on. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> you should be. It's good to see you, TC. Thank you very much. That's not going to fall, I hope. All right. 1 Corinthians When we, we talk about spiritual gifts, I think there is a little bit of confusion as to what they are, what they're not, how they come, who has them, how we use them. And so we're going to continue to talk about this uh, um, over the next, still a few weeks, because there's so much in these chapters. We're going to be covering uh, 12, 13, 14, uh, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, all over the place. So, so take notes. You can always go back and listen online. And in case you miss anything, hopefully by the time we're done with it, I'll have said the same things enough times that you get it. And, uh, and uh, you know, last week someone came and says, I, I just didn't get it. I said, I'm sorry, just hang in there. And we'll keep, we'll keep talking about this. Um, and it's just so we can understand a little bit and, and know what to uh, expect from the Lord. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 if you have your Bible. And if you don't, if you want one, there is one back there. Of course, anyone with a cell phone should have. If you've got a smartphone, put your Bible on the phone. That way you always have it. version's a good one, but there's a few others uh, also. Last week, we, we kind of really talked uh, about just that first verse uh, concerning spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant. That's the purpose of this time that we're having together, that we would be educated. Ignorant doesn't mean dumb. It just means not knowing. It means, uh, in a sense, uneducated, but the point of, of that is learning. So that's what we're, we're doing. But we're going to start in verse 4 this morning and read through quite a bit of 1 Corinthians 12. And let's pray for the Word. God, thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who you've uh, put into our lives and poured out to baptize us with power, we, talk, we talked about last week, Lord. This morning, I pray that you would lead us into truth, guide us, give us understanding. And Lord, my prayer is that we'd have a desire to be used by you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're talking about spiritual gifts. Uh, well, one of the things that there's differing thoughts and opinions on, and, and everyone's welcome to their own. I have mine, and some I'll share, and some I really won't because I don't want to take away from some of your thoughts about whether we should or shouldn't do these things. Um, but some people really put a lot of emphasis into learning about your spiritual gifts to discover what they are so that you can use them. I think that can be wonderful. It's, it's, a, it's a great exercise. Learning about spiritual gifts definitely is important. But what's more important is not knowing that you have a spiritual gift. What's more important is that you walk and use your spiritual gift to minister into the body of Christ. And that's what we are wanting to do, and that's one of the reasons we're going to be studying these things. Um, spiritual gifts are endowments from God. Every, the Bible says in James that every good and perfect gift comes from Him. So spiritual gifts come from God. One of the differences between specifically spiritual gifts 
compared to other things in your life, personality traits and talents that you might have, ha might have, these spiritual gifts are spiritual endowments. They come with power from the Lord. They come with super, a supernatural side to them. And they are not something necessarily that you have to work at to get. In fact, you can't work at to get them. They're given by God. A little bit different than talents. So we're going to make a differentiation and hopefully help you guys understand that you might have a talent um, or a natural gift to do something, and that is awesome. And we're supposed to use that as well. But we're also talking about things that God has put uh, deposited into us. Uh, verse 4 in, in 1 Corinthians 12. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. This is, a, this is a partial list of the spiritual gifts that come to us. They are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, last week we talked about the baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. And that is, is not the same thing as the gifts of the Spirit. It's, it's really two different things. Um, when, the, when we are filled with the Spirit, yes, we might operate uh, more powerfully in one of the gifts of the Spirit that we have. Um, but these are not the same. I believe that every believer, the scriptures teach that everyone has a gift, a spiritual gift. We, we teach that every believer, at the, uh, when they get saved, God gives them a spiritual gift. Some people have more than one spiritual gift. And, and there's a lot of gifts. And we don't even know if they're really limited just to the ones that we find in the scriptures. Or can God give a spiritual gift um, that is a supernatural ability today that is from Him to do something that is needed in the moment. I lean to, to the fact that God can do anything He wants. I don't think we need to be limited to just uh, what, what the Scriptures say, as long as is what He's doing does not contradict what He said in His Word. Does that make sense? So um, these spiritual gifts are things that He gives, and it says that... that he gives them to each person as he wills. So spiritual gifts, if you are taking notes, one of the things you want to write is that it's not up to you to get a spiritual gift. It's up to him to give you the spiritual gift. And he's already done that. And he's, he's already deposited a spiritual gift into your life, into my life. And it's not up to us to uh, manufacture it or to make him give us one. It's just our, our job is actually to, f to walk in it. Our job is to receive it. Um, in this little section uh, back in, in uh, 4, 5, 6, it began to say uh, there's varieties of gifts but the same spirit, varieties of service but the same Lord, varieties of activities but the same God. 
one of the things that Paul is trying to help us understand, and especially the Corinthians, is that it, it's not as important to know which gift you have. It is to, for them, it was to know that the gifts were given by God. And if they're a gift from God, there's nothing that should divide us in the gifts, and there's nothing that we should boast because we have a spiritual gift. Now, I'm just going to ask if anyone in here actually already knows, by a show of hands, um, what their spiritual gift is. You don't have to tell us what it is, but it's like, actually, I, I know that I have a spiritual gift and I know what it is. So some of you are already kind of familiar with this idea, and some of you are like, I, I don't know, maybe I've never even heard of spiritual gifts. Just because you haven't heard of it doesn't make it that you don't have one, okay? This is about helping you understand that God, if you are saved, imparted a spiritual gift into your life. Um, and the, the word we talked about last week comes from the same word of, of gift or grace. It was given to you by God's grace. Given to you by God's grace as He wills. And then we go in verse 12 and it begins to open up and it goes on to this great example about the body. Just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. I want to just hit that scripture just a little bit really quickly. It says, all... For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. When you got saved, when you asked Jesus to be your Lord and repented of your sins, which is part of the salvation process, it was the Holy Spirit who baptized you into Jesus. And the word baptize means to immerse, okay? means to immerse. When you got saved, it was the Holy Spirit who put you into Christ. The moment that happened, the Holy Spirit began to live inside of every believer in this room. And it was the Holy Spirit who did that. But Jesus, he talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit, which is, a little, is, is different than just having the Spirit. That being filled with the Spirit is that, that when He comes upon you for power and for works and for miracles, um, that happened. Jesus promised it in Matthew chapter 3, in Luke chapter... Uh, Luke chapter 3, John chapter 1, and Mark chapter 1, all four of the Gospels say the same thing. John, he's talking about John, and he said, one who is coming after me who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus baptized you in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptized you into Jesus. And then as, as you became a Christian, most of us were also water baptized. So we really got three baptisms. That's kind of big. I'm going to skip that and just let that... Whew, Go over, we talk about that a little bit more another time. Um, verse 14, so the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, there would be, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as He chose. 
If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And so the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And just keep, let's continue on in that. Uh, on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts don't require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Let me read that again. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And then it says, God is appointed first in the church apostles, second prophets, thirds teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, various kinds of tongues. And then it closes with the questions, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Earnestly desire the greater or higher gifts, and I will still show you a more excellent way. Closes out listing a few more of the gifts, but he spends a lot of this time in the chapter talking about us as the body of Christ. You are, corporately, we are the body of Christ. But he says we're also individually, you are members of it. Things I want to focus on that part is that each and every one of you plays your part in the body of Christ. It doesn't matter if you're new to Christ, if you've been walking with Him forever, if you have a, a gift that might be front and center like teaching or, or, or leading worship or doing something, a spiritual gift like that that is, in a sense, gets more honor, or you have the, the gift of serving or hospitality, uh, administration is a gift. A lot of time we don't see administrators. They're kind of in the back administrating, taking care of everything. It doesn't matter what part you play in the body. Individually, you are part of the body, an indispensable part of the body. This teaching is in some ways new because for so many years, hundreds and hundreds, really thousands of years in the church, there was a there was a separation be between the clergy, the people in the front, and the people in the church, the laity. I, I really wish that uh, one of the things that Luther would have done was, was promoted that even more when he was trying to help us to go, hey, we don't need these people. We can read the Bible. We can do these things as ourselves. If they would have continued pressing that on, that all of us are part of the body of Christ, every part is needed. And because of that, from the very beginning, God gave you a spiritual gift. And that gift is important in the body. Imagine your body. You've, imagine you wake up one morning and one of, one of the parts of your body decides not to work. I'm looking at it and going, that's already been happening to some of us, hasn't it? You know, so one of your parts of your body is going, ah, I just don't feel like doing, doing anything today. It causes problems, doesn't it? Even little parts of your body that you never see, that you never think about, that you never talk about, when they stop functioning, the whole body begins to suffer. If your bladder decided, 
I'm not going to do anything today. That would not be a comfortable day. <laughs> you know, you go into some crazy things like your thyroid. When your thyroid stops working, it messes up so many other parts of your body. But if, if, you know, if you're thinking of us as the body of Christ and having a job, how many of us would go, man, I just really want to be the thyroid? <laughs> That's what I want to be in the body of Christ. We, we think about these, these things in the body. We want to be something cool and something flashy. And, and sometimes we have these desires. Every part of the body is so incredibly important. And understanding if God has gifted you in a way that you need to take whatever gift that is and be using it to the glory of God. Go back to verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Remember, it was God who does this. God who's doing the work in, it says, in each one in verse 6. Um, then it says, to each is given the manifestation for the spirit for the common good. God gives you a gift. And some of these gifts are man they're called manifestation gifts. And, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about those. But he gives each person a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. When we talk about spiritual gifts or even uh, something that's a little bit different, roles in the church, spiritual roles or roles or, or talents and, and um, even your personality, when you take your gift, your role, and you say, I don't like it or I don't want to use it in the body, you're robbing the body of something that's needed. And we need it to function. Again, here, here's one that, that all of us have, have heard about and know. Something really small can throw the entire body out of whack. I could probably lose my pinky toe, but losing my big toe is going to make everything really difficult. Just that ugly, big, fat thing at the end of your foot. You know, just kind of you know, look at that thing. It's kind of weird, and you go, what function? I can barely even do this with it. But without it, I don't have any balance. So one of my desires and goals is to understand that everyone has at least one gift. Everyone. I want us all to know, I have a gift. I want, I want us all to be going, I want to know my gift. I want to recognize my gift. Number two, that God gave me the gift, which means I don't get to brag in my gift. My gift isn't about me. My gift is, is about God. If, if anything, you know, if this was a, was a gift, and we, some of us do this when we get a gift, we, you know, now we take pictures of it. This is, this is the new way to show it off, right? Click, look what somebody gave me. And now sometimes, uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes I know you, and you did that not because you liked the gift, but because you wanted to honor the person who gave it to you, right? None of us have ever done that. You take a picture and go, look at this gift. You can't take any credit for the gift, can you? You're, all, you all you're doing is going, look at the gift I was given. This is, this is great. This is awesome. In other words, the giver of this gift is awesome. They, they knew me so well, they gave me something that I really wanted. Spiritual gifts are are very little about you, and they're about Him. 
And then they're about the body. Uh, my, my family has given me some really amazing gifts over the years. They've started, they just, you know, they've started like really thinking about things that would bless me. Um, and sometimes they get blessed back with the gift that they give me. They gave me a smoker. Smokers are awesome. Smokers are, I mean, I just, I just love that. Well, that's not just for me. That was my gift, and I don't really get to brag. In it. I had nothing to do with it. I got this smoker, and now I use my gift to bless my family and anyone else who comes for dinner. That's spiritual gifts. You get it, and you just use it to help serve and to bless other people. So gifts are from God, and gifts are given for us, to us, to build up the body of Christ. So we shouldn't be proud of ourselves or our gift. And another part that I want to talk about is, as we move on is that gifts should never divide the church. Gifts, spiritual gifts should never divide the church, and they have. There's, there's churches, because there was division, in it, who don't uh, practice any spiritual gifts. They don't let them happen. If they're a, a gift, a miracle gift, a, a gift like a prophecy or maybe a word of wisdom, uh, speaking in tongues or interpretation of tongues, there are some gifts they don't let happen at all. And some churches don't believe that there are spiritual gifts, that they were only for the apostles' age. Um, and, but but most, most people, most believers believe in spiritual gifts because God is God and He can give those. But we do begin to get a little picky at, at which spiritual gifts we're okay with. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. One of the gifts that we will be talking about in depth in the course of the next weeks uh, is the gift of tongues, speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a gift. Um, it's, it's very little understood, and we'll really spend time talking about it. I'll, I'll break it down with all the scriptures, and how hopefully we can give some really good insight into it. But because, has, has anyone ever, first of all, heard of speaking in tongues? Okay, so, so most of us have heard, heard that. Um, has anyone ever had an experience that was like a little weird with speaking in tongues? It's okay to admit that too, right? It's like, okay, it's, it could be a little weird. Because speaking in tongues can, can be a little weird, some churches have just said, we're never going to do that. We're, we're, we're just not going to let that gift be used. Even though in, in 1 Corinthians 14, it said, do, do not forbid speaking in tongues. And yet we, we just say, nope, you can't do that. And I think, wow, that's really interesting how there's a scripture that says, don't forbid this. And then there's a whole bunch of churches that say, we're going to forbid this. So we're going to talk about why in our time. And, and I know that some of you are like, I really want to know about that. Some of you are like, please don't ever even say that word again. Because it's just weird. We talk about that. And so in, in the church, gifts should never divide the church. One of the things, we'll go a little history here. Um, in 1901 and in 1906, uh, there were a couple of revivals that changed a lot in the church. It was part of the Pentecostal and Charismatic uh, renewal, Charismatic renewal was more in 1960, but the Pentecostal outpouring of gifts of the Spirit, Topeka, Kansas, 
and then right down in L.A. in Azusa Street. Some of you have heard of the, at least Azusa Street. You know, it was a big, uh, William Seymour, a big revival of, of people coming to faith and repentance. It was powerful. It changed really a lot in this nation. But one of the things that, it, that be, we became aware of is spiritual gifts and the empowerment, po the power of the Holy Spirit. It began to take front and center, and, and entire denominations were born out of that. Assemblies of God, if you've heard of that. International Church of the Four Square, of the Four Square Gospel. Uh, I believe the, the Pentecostal Church of God, and a lot of denominations. And then hundreds and thousands of other denominations and movements came between then and 1960s in the charismatic renewal. And one of the things that happened is people had to try to figure out what these gifts meant and, and, and all that. So they came up with doctrines, belief systems, statements of saying, we believe, uh, well, you know, we, we all have our creeds, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, we have these beliefs and creeds, but the Pentecostal movement began to say things like, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues. If you grew up Pentecostal, you've heard this. Try not to spend too long on this. I want, to, I want to explain a little bit. When that happened, what it began to do is, is separate Christians from spirit-filled Christians. And I, and I know a number of you are, would consider yourself a spirit-filled Christian. I, I do. But what happened is that distinction filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues meant that if you didn't speak in tongues, you weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm looking around and some of you are like, yeah, I've heard that. Some of you were hurt by that. There was a, really, I don't want to say, I, I want to, I believe they, there was a misunderstanding and they lined up in a way, and I was one of them for a lot of years who was taught that, so I believe that. What happened with that is it, it, we came up with second-class Christianity. Okay, and I'm talking to some of us in here who are Pentecostal people who believe in the, the gifts of the Spirit, believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I, I want to really correct this for us. If that was you, we were taught this, I think it was a little wrong, that if you didn't speak in tongues, that means you weren't filled with the Holy Spirit which means you didn't have as much of God as other people, those who did speak in tongues. And that's just not true. It's not true. But some of you, I can, I can see it in your faces, you experienced that. And I'll take, I will wear this one myself. When I was younger, I wouldn't ever have worded it that way, but I kind of believe that if you weren't spirit-filled, you weren't as good as me. And I'm going to publicly apologize and repent for that. I was young and didn't understand what the scriptures were teaching. So part of the gifts of the Spirit became divisive in the body of Christ. Now, the, so, so what, did, what did a lot of churches do? Including some who believed in tongues and were charismatic, they started realizing that they had hurt people and that there was disagreement about some of the gifts. So uh, what a lot of churches and people did is said, let's just stop talking about that. 
Let's not let any gifts of the Spirit operate. Let's never speak in tongues again. Let's never do anything. And, and we walked away from the Word of God. And we forbid spiritual things to some degree in the church. And so as we did that, what I kind of have seen happen is, is that the power of God began to diminish in the church and people stepping out in faith and doing things supernaturally began to diminish. And, and maybe it started for a good reason. I don't want to offend people and I don't want to divide the church. That's just wrong. But we, we did the wrong approach instead of realizing that, that the gifts, any and all gifts of the Spirit come from the Lord, that He gives them as He purposes that he says, don't ever forbid even speaking in tongues, which is one of the most divisive gifts. If I were to walk up and say, I want, I want to do, use a spiritual gift on you. I have the gift of healing. Can I pray for you? Most people would be like, absolutely. If, if I were to say, hey, I've got the spiritual gifts of administration, and there's a lot of things I can tell in the church that's not functioning well, would you allow, allow my gift of administration to come and help organize the church so it functioned better? You would say, great, but if I were to say, I have the gift of tongues, can I use that right now? A lot of you would be like, no, because it's weird. I want to get us to the point that we go, God, this is a gift. We want to understand it and let you use this gift. Because of this, sometimes God puts a gift upon us and we won't use it because it does seem weird. So we, I want us to get to a point where we say, Lord, whatever you want to do, if it's biblical, it's from you, we're going to do it. We're going to step out in faith and we're going to do it. So, um, so those are some of the, the things. And so one of the things we want to do through this time, and, and we started last week and we'll continue on, is, is that know that at the back of uh, uh, chapter 12, verse 31, we actually get told that we can do this. Verse 31 says, earnestly desire the higher gifts. I want us to get to a point this morning over the next few weeks and then the rest of our lives that we know that it's okay to have a spiritual gift, to walk in our spiritual gifts, but even to desire spiritual gifts. Now, think about this for a second. This is just logic. If there's a God and there's a Satan, and the Bible says that God gives spiritual gifts, who do you think doesn't want us to use spiritual gifts? Can we just go kind of, duh? The enemy wants us to walk away from anything that God's connected to, especially, as we learned a little bit last week, anything that anoints people like Peter and the apostles when they got filled with the Holy Spirit began to walk in one of the spiritual gifts of speaking in tongues, prophesying or preaching, and thousands of people got saved. Do you think the enemy, the devil himself, wants us to walk in gifts that can change people's lives? Absolutely not. So he's going to do everything he can for us to back away from anything like that. You know, he doesn't, I don't think the devil cares if we come together and, and sing a song and talk about how God wants to give us the best life now and bring some psychology into it. And those things can be really good, but the devil doesn't care about any of that. But when people start getting transformed, when people start getting saved, that's when the devil cares. These gifts, spiritual gifts, 
are there to build up the body so that we can accomplish the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Baptize, teach. That's what we're called to do. We're, we're, we're commanded to go, but I don't really, can't think right now, and you know, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth, that he commanded us to just get together on Sunday mornings. We're really good at this. We really are, and I love it. I love to meet together on a Sunday morning. I love to meet with my, my small group on a Wednesday night. But here's where we're supposed to get built up, encouraged, so that we can go out and fulfill the Great Commission. And that's why he gives us the Holy Spirit. So we want to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That means we have to be open to what that might be. Now, I'm going to just ask for real honesty here. We haven't talked a lot about spiritual gifts, but let me just kind of, kind of talk, just name some of these again here. These are the manifestation gifts, as they're called. And I read them once. There's more, but there's, these are some of them. Utterance of wisdom, utterance of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, various kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Think, you know, prophecy and, and needing to go lay hands on somebody for healing. Who's a little scared to step out in faith and walk and do that? I, I appreciate your honesty. Because sometimes you're like, man, that's, that's kind of weird. And let me give an example. You feel like Jesus did. See, Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized, it says the Holy Spirit came down on him like a dove. That wasn't a dove, it was the Holy Spirit. So everything he did was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And he would walk up to people and heal them. So if you were walking down the street and there was a, 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 a maybe somebody begging for money, crippled, and you felt the Lord nudge you and say, I want you to go and lay hands on him and pray for healing. Who just freaks out a little bit? Right? It's like, oh, I can give him a dollar. That's, can I give him a dollar, Lord? I'll give him a dollar? I'll go buy him lunch. I might even, I'll even sit with him and have lunch with him. He's gruff. He's angry. He's dirty. And he's calling you to walk right up to him. Can I pray for you? I believe God's going to heal you right now. Wow. It makes me shake a little bit. My desire is, as your pastor, for me and for you, is that we would desire spiritual gifts. We would be open to walking in anything that God wants to do in our life. We'd be ready and open to use any spiritual gift he might give to us in a moment or on our life, serving in the body of Christ or taking it out into the world.
I'm hoping and praying that we will be ready to step out in faith to use these gifts. Now, some of the gifts tend to show up naturally. Okay, I, I haven't gone, gone for it. Next week, I will actually bring a sheet of some of the spiritual gifts with some definitions on them for us. Okay? But one of the spiritual gifts is administration. One of the spiritual gifts is hospitality. Uh, one of the spiritual gifts is service. Now, there are people that have, are hospitable, and then there are people that have a spiritual gift of hospitality. We'll talk a little bit about the difference when we start going through the, through the gifts. But even if it's a spiritual gift of hospitality, it seems to kind of just come up naturally, doesn't it? So if you've got that gift, it's not very hard for you to use it. You know, open up my home and I'm going to be hospitable. And, and, and when you, the thing with a spiritual gift like that, when you go to that person's home, it, it, the plates don't have to match. You know, you think of people that are host they have hospitality. Everything's just perfect, right? Oh, it's just great. With a spiritual gift of hospitality, it's not about it being perfect. It's about how you feel when you get there. You just feel welcomed and loved in such a powerful way. I think that's part of the gift of hospitality. It's a, it's a spiritual thing. But it's, it's not hard to conjure up that. It's not hard to, to step out in that, that gift where, as I talked a moment ago, a gift of prophecy, I, I believe the... The, the Lord has a word for you, maybe a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or a gift of healing or, or a tongue or the interpretation, a supernatural gift of interpretation of tongues. Some of you who have already heard and been taught in the church that speaking in tongues is only another language. It's, it's only another language like French or Russian and that it's only used to speak to somebody who speaks Russian or French. And I've actually seen that happen where somebody who didn't know a language was moved upon and they spoke another language. It was really, really, really cool. But if that's the case, why do you need it interpreted if the person understood it? See, there's more to it. We're going to learn about it. So what if, what if you didn't know a language, though, and you felt like God was saying, okay, I want you to go up and speak French to this person. Sign me up. <laughs> kind of weird. So my prayer is that we will, we will get so close to the Lord, that we'll get so passionate about, uh, about Him that we'll say, I'm in. Lord, help me. You can call me to this. I want to step out and be faithful. Miracles happen when we step out in faith. I think often the reason we're not seeing miracles is it's really hard to step out in that, in that uncomfortable moment in faith. Okay, just a couple real quick, quick things. I just want to hit these real, real fast, and we'll hit them again, but some of these are important. Um, we're going to cover all the gifts. Um, hospitality is a spiritual gift. Service is a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift. Evangelist is a spiritual gift. Okay, I want to talk about those two. Just, just quick, and we'll close. Because we'll, we're going to do this for a few weeks. So we're going to have a good understanding. So some of us might go, wait, evangelist is a spiritual gift. Ephesians chapter 4 says that God called some to be prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. So one of the things that happens to a lot of us Christians, like, oh, good. Pastor told me that Everyone gets a spiritual gift, 
the Bible says, the pastor says, not everyone gets the same spiritual gift, that we're all different and we don't all have the same gift. And I was never given the gift of evangelist, so I don't have to tell people about Jesus. That's not the way this works. Bible, Jesus called all of his disciples to go in and tell the whole world. To, to go and spread the good news, to evangelize the world. He called all of us to do it. And then he says, I'm going to give a special spiritual gift, a special endowment for some people to be an evangelist. Those are the people that have a special ability. I believe people like Billy Graham. Billy Graham, who, who won more converts to the Lord. People like Reinhard Bonnke. Spiritual gift of evangelist. Have, have you ever listened to Billy Graham's messages? Yeah. They were good. I mean, they were good. Certain charisma. But it was something that I would say I can't understand of how he had such a response. I mean, they, honestly, there are far better you know, people out there, speakers. He was good. But what made the difference? He was walking in a spiritual gift, a spiritual endowment to do something amazing. We're all called to go and tell our neighbors and, and our friends about Jesus. But some of you in this room might have a special gifting that comes with power that just sees more people saved for whatever reason. His delivery was fantastic. It was. All right, so... All of, us are, all of us are called to evangelize. All of us are called to practice hospitality. So even if you don't have that gift, the Bible says uh, that we're all supposed to do it. All of us are supposed to serve in the body of Christ. Um, giving is actually a spiritual gift. <laughs> Out of curiosity, does anyone in here feel like they have the spiritual gift of giving? <coughs> These people just, they just, it's kind of a giving almost in a supernatural way. It just comes so easy. They give above what most people give, not just because they have it. A lot of people who have the spiritual gift of giving, they don't have it, but they still give. They just, it's just this amazing thing. Are we all supposed to give? Absolutely. I'm going to say, yeah, all of us are supposed to give. Yet some people have a spiritual thing, and you're like, wow, pretty impressive. That's right. That's right. That we're all see. That's it, Tom. We're all we're all called to to give, and yet some people have this special thing. So we're going to learn a little. We're continuing to learn about some of these uh, uh, these gifts that come on, and that's going to help. Hopefully, understand like, oh, that's why, in a sense, they're so good at it. That's why when they do it, it's so different because God gave them a special gift. And then we go, but what's yours? We want to see that activated in the body of Christ. And so that the body can be fully built up, knowing that every part is important. And we'll just, we'll just close and we'll put a pause on that and we'll just keep going next week. All right, let's pray. God, as, as we're in this journey learning um, about you, about the Holy Spirit, about spiritual gifts, I pray that uh, supernaturally you would help us to receive. Help us to be open. Help us to read these scriptures and be challenged that we should 
desire spiritual gifts, that we shouldn't forbid spiritual gifts from operating, Lord, that we should be uh, willing and, uh, to, to step out in faith as we see the disciples uh, in, throughout the book of Acts stepping out supernaturally in their spiritual gifts, Lord. Help us to be open to using that which you've given us to bless the body of Christ. Lord, I pray that as we continue, we will make sure that nothing would divide. Lord, that that's not the purpose of, of any of your gifts or your calling is to divide the body of Christ, but to, to bring wholeness. Lord, I uh, just pray special um, blessing on the hearers and also on, on me, God. Um, we thank you for this time together. pray that you encourage us by your spirit and draw us closer to you, Lord. And as we drive home, even in, the, in a little bit of snow, uh, keep us all safe as we travel in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.